Hi there. Welcome to the Sam Sorbo Show. I'm your host, Sam Sorbo, and I'm talking today with Paola Brown. She's actually hails from Brazil, but you won't hear that in her accent. Uh, she is the founder of paolabrown.com, which is a home. She focuses on homeopathy. And if you don't know what homeopathy is, fasten your seatbelts. You're going to find out. Welcome to the show, Paola. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. It's so much fun for me because like I find these little, what I think are little golden nuggets of, of wisdom and training. You do, you actually do a training for homeschool families about homeopathy. And I just thought, oh, I have to talk to this girl. Wait, we have to do a podcast. So <laughs> you're here. Hopefully you'll answer some questions for some people, including me. Um, and one of the questions that you asked me is, do I practice homeopathy? And I said, I don't know, because it depends how you define homeopathy. Somebody who's really in it might define it differently than a lay person such as me. Um, one little thing, my husband suffered three strokes shortly before we were married. And so for the first three years of our marriage, I was sort of nursing him in a sense back to health. Um, we tried everything. We tried acupuncture. We did cranial sacral therapy. We did techniques for vision because it, his, his strokes affected his eyes. Uh, we did a ton of stuff. So why don't you walk us through maybe some of the rudimentary things? And I, I definitely want to cover, you know, what your website's about, what your, what your mission work is about and, and all of that. But you've actually brought some teaching aids. I did. Well, let's, I guess we can start by defining exactly what homeopathy is. So those of you guys who are watching this on video, um, I have here a super common homeopathic remedy. It's um, all of the names are in Latin. This is ferrum fos, which is actually homeopathic form of iron. And, um, and, you know, it's actually kind of funny getting these pellets out. They're little sugar pellets and you have to, tw you turn the it upside down. So the lid is at the bottom and then you twist, and then you can see the little pellet falls in there. And that's because the medicine's coated on the outside and you're not supposed to touch it. It wipes it off, you know, so you pull the lid off and then you pop it under your tongue and that's how you take it. And not all of them have this cool little mechanism. I have bottles that I just tap it into the lid, you know, just, just old school style, but basically homeopathic medicine is a wonderful system of medicine. Now in the United States in particular, people confuse homeopathy with like home remedies because that word home is in there and that's super common. If you were in England, for example, it's less confused because the royal family has used homeopathy for a long time and it's a little bit more understood in the culture, mostly because of the royal family. But um, in short, it's a non-toxic form of medicine that stimulates your body to heal itself. And it follows this um, principle of like heals like. So whatever symptoms a substance produces in its crude form, it will stimulate a cure if you have those same symptoms in an illness. So like a quick example that will make this click is onion. If you were to stand at your counter and let's say you're in a small room and you start chopping an onion, a red onion, and you chop like a bucket of them because you're doing your whole year's supply of onions, right? Um, what symptoms would you develop, Sam? What would you say? Runny nose and teary eyes. And yes. I'd probably want to run screaming from the room. <laughs> yes, that's perfect. It, exactly. So, and in homeopathy, we get very finite with the symptoms. So what kind of a runny nose? Would it be like green and thick? 
No, I don't think so. That's right. It would be clear, kind of like egg white, like uncooked egg whites. And so in homeopathy, we we really drill down to like the details of the symptoms. It's not like, you know, you know, thick green, you know, infectious type runny nose, like you're right. clearing something. It's just kind of a, you know, my mom would always wipe my nose and she'd look like, oh, it's white. So you're not sick. This is probably, you know, you're sneezing from something outside. So Basically, we look at those symptoms that the onion stimulates in its crude form. Then what happens is a homeopathic pharmacy, which homeopathy in the United States is legally a drug. So um, it's it's prepared in an FDA, an FDA inspected facility, and they dilute it down to the point that the original substance is non-toxic. It's not really in there. And you take that remedy and let's say you have a cold or you have allergies and you have egg white runny nose you have watery eyes and strangely enough when you go outside your symptoms improve which you just said you'd want to run out of that room right you want to run out of that cloud of like invisible onion air or whatever but when you go outside that improves which is kind of strange for allergies because typically people get worse when they go outside but if you tend to get better when you go out into the open air like your symptoms improve or your cold improves that's so you're looking at those symptoms and you're matching those symptoms to the remedy and it stimulates a cure and um it's really fascinating medicine there is this acronym in the homeopathy world teeth and we say tried everything else than homeopathy for whatever reason homeopathic medicine tends to be kind of the last thing people think about or turn to but it works so well and i i have a an an amazing story of how I found homeopathy, which stimulated for me to, to write this curriculum for families because it's such powerful medicine. So it's different than herbals. Yeah. I mean, I'd say they're cousins because like onion is technically, you know, plant or, and we have like chamomilla, that's an herb, but we have the homeopathic form of chamomilla. So some of our medicines are made from herbs but they, it's the preparation and the final result that makes it homeopathic and the application is different, how you select the medicine. Okay, so I'm, I'm sorry, I'm struggling to really <laughs> understand this. How did we resolve the teary eyes from the onion? So it's, it's the law of similars. Um, similimum center, which is Latin form for let likes be cured with likes. So the way that it resolves it is at a cellular level, you're okay. You're sick. You have an illness, you have a cold and your body is struggling overcoming that you introduce this remedy that stimulates your body to think it's interacting with an onion and that stimulates a cure for the actual disease. It's like tricking your body kind of, it's really cool. Okay. Okay. So I'm not introducing the symptoms. I'm introducing the cure for the symptoms. Yes, exactly. You're smart. People don't usually go this far. They're just like, oh, okay. Got it. That's, that is exactly right. It, it, you, yeah. Good job. So I'm, so I'm showing my body that it can also cure the symptoms because here's an example of a cure make more of this. Yes, exactly. It's like an analogy. It's like a cellular analogy for your body to say, oh, now I know how to do this. Okay. And And it's different from home remedy because you're not preparing Well, you don't prepare it. 
no, you buy them, you buy them prepared. I mean, yeah, it, it's just, it's just a, it's a sequential dilution that you do. I mean, I can even explain it to you if you want, but it's a, it's a sequential dilution that the pharmacy does, but this medicine is very old. It's from the late 1700s. So it's been around for a really long time, but you know, as, as it modernizes today, it's done at a pharmacy. So well, it's interesting because we've reached a point, I think in our culture where we're less, we're less trusting, right? Uh, Aren't we though? Uh, re recent events have made us a little bit more skeptical. Uh, so I think the the fact that okay, it's been around since the 1700s. I think the assumption has been, and and of course this assumption has been um, uh, uh, facilitated by our school system. The okay. assumption is the newer the better, the more recent the better, yes. because everything is an improvement. And so, but recent events have brought us to the, the point of saying, maybe not everything's an improvement. Maybe some things are not improvements. And so there's going to be, I'm predicting, really a resurgence of interest in, in this kind of medicine and herbals. And, you know, yes. we've had, you, you say home remedies, um, uh, I'm sure there's another name and I'm not, I'm not thinking of it you know, we've had, we've had remedies that have been sort of handed down generationally, which, which frankly, our entire system now has divorced itself from with the, with the, the, the attack on the family that our schools yeah. presented, right? We've, we've lost a lot of this, this um, generational knowledge that's just passed down from grandmother to granddaughter, if you will, of, yeah. of the home remedies of what do you do you know, for the common cold. Well, you, you call the doctor. No, that's not what they used to do. And people were much more resilient. Uh, you know, yes, I guess that's yeah, exactly, you know, I think the pharmaceutical industry has done a really good job of divorcing us from our mothers who, you know, my grandmother and your grandmother, I can promise you were okay with fevers. I can promise you they were okay with it. They were comfortable with it. Just drink some water, sleep it off. You'll get better. My generation and the younger generation is terrified of fevers, although some of that knowledge is starting to creep its way back in because truth will, will come out. But I, I totally agree. I think that that we we have learned to be distrusting of what is new. And you know, you know what you should tr trust least as far as newness goes? Drugs. You want an old drug that's been around for a really long time that has proved itself right? That's what you want. You yeah. don't want new drugs. That, that's exactly what happened to me. I was diagnosed with a horrible autoimmune disease. I was 20, nothing, you know, like 23, 24 young mom. And I was diagnosed with interstitial cystitis, which if you don't know what that is, it's an autoimmune disease where it feels like someone lights your bladder on fire, turns it inside out and puts it out with a track shoe. That's what it felt like for seven horrible years. And I went to my doctors, I flew all over the country, went to the Mayo Clinic, and you know, the drugs they offered me, they were like, okay, well, here's a drug that might make some of your hair fall out, but yeah, they it, all have side effects always. Right. But they always have drugs for the side effects. Yes, exactly. And I was like, <laughs> I'm 20, you know, I'm, I don't even drink Coca-Cola. Like I, I wasn't, you know, let's start with like, then they were like, okay, let's, we can do opioids for the addiction, but you'll have to join a support group. And I was like, okay, well, I don't even, again, drink Coca-Cola. Let's start with a different addiction first. 
And then the other one was like, this is crazy. It was like an, a device that you install kind of like a tampon and then you electrocute yourself and your nerves are so tired that your nerves won't feel pain for like a, a period of the day, a portion well, of the I, day. I don't know why you didn't sign up for that immediately. I know. Right, exactly. <laughs> I, I was like, this is horrifying. Then I find, so then I go on my whole journey. I did all of these natural things, acupuncture, all this stuff. Everything kind of helped a little bit, but homeopathy cured me. Like it cured me. I had to work with a homeopath because this is a chronic condition. You know, this isn't like a cold or a sinus infection stuff that you can do at home. But I, within a year, I was like 90% there. Like, it's just amazing. But then, you know, fast forward about 12 years, my mom calls me and she's like, hey, pal, remember that drug that they wanted to give you, Elmeron, that was going to make your hair fall out that you turned down? And I said, yeah, what? And she's like, well, they're having class action lawsuits now. Women who are on that drug for about 15 years are going blind. Wow. Yes. Wow. Well, I, you know, paint me surprised because I'm not. So, you know, know. what do you... But here's the thing. I was, I grew up in a home where where we were immigrants from Brazil. So my mom had actually a homeopathy kit with her when we grew up because we didn't have doctors. And so she was just, you know, we didn't have health insurance. My dad was going to university. Like we were just poor. So, so I grew up with that. But then when my dad graduated, we got health insurance. He got a real job. Suddenly I started seeing doctors and it's like that knowledge was lost. But when I was sitting in that office, in front of that doctor and they're like, here's a drug that might make your hair fall out. There was something that was given to me as a child that I said, "Mm, no, this doesn't seem right. That's where my curriculum was born. What do we need to pass down to our children? So they have the tools to make these decisions because they will be faced with these decisions. Yeah. Okay. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk about the curriculum and lots more. So stay tuned. This is the Sam Sorbo show and I'm here with Paola Brown, Stay Sorbo, and together with my husband, Kevin Sorbo, we've been in this business for a very long time, creating good, wholesome content for your entertainment. From Hercules to Andromeda to God's Not Dead, What If, Soul Surfer, Let There Be Light, and now Miracle in East Texas. Go to Sorbo Studios to find out everything about all of these projects and more, and you can support us there. We have all of our books there. Just check out sorbostudios.com. We created it for you. Sign up for the newsletter so that we can stay in touch because as you know, social media is somewhat hostile to uh, Sorbos <laughs> and what we're doing. So join us at sorbostudios.com. We will look for you there. Thanks so much. All right, we're back. I'm Sam Sorbo with Paola Brown. You can find her at paolabrown.com. And we're talking about homeopathics. And I have two questions for her. One, uh, you said your mother carried a homeopathic kit. And so I want to drill down onto what that is. And your story is, is really amazing. And obviously, you dodged a bullet. And you think that that's because of the way that you were raised, that you were raised with this idea that homeopathy was an option. And a lot of, I think what we do to our kids now is there's only the option of go to the doctor, go to the ER, go to urgent care, get a drug, get a drug, get a drug, get a drug. Mm-hmm. But we, we're waking up. We're a lot of, I think a lot of people are waking up and the, and, and by the way, even with the vaccinations, I'm talking about the childhood vaccines, I think people are waking up and saying, wait a minute, 
Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. You know, I don't know that the proof is in yet. Um, and so I probably should be careful because YouTube started taking my videos down. Okay. <laughs> we'll just focus on the homeopathic uh, stuff. So what is a homeopathic? What is a homeopathy kit? Okay, so I actually have one right next to me here. Um, it's basically just a box that's going to have multiple remedies in there. This is a smaller one. You can see a few of my remedies have been stolen by my children um, because they know how to use a lot of these for easy things at home. I actually have kits that are larger that have 100 remedies in there, and the vials are very small, and the pellets are super tiny. But, you know, it's – so I, I actually prefer – I think you should get the biggest kit that you can – that you can um, – that you can buy because the more remedies you have, you know, because it comes down to when you're sick, you need the right remedy that matches that illness. If you have an illness that mimics onion, but you don't have that remedy, then homeopathy is not going to work. It's not going to stimulate that cure. Okay. So, so if I have an illness that mimics onion, then I go to the, this is how you cure the onion symptoms remedy specifically. Mm -hmm. And that helps my body say, oh, I can handle this. I'll just do that again. Exactly. That's exactly right. right. And and so and so it's learning. So we call those keynotes, keynote prescribing, onion remedy, allium sepa has keynotes, which is the egg white runny nose, watery eyes, better from open air. Boom. Those are your three <laughs> keynotes. And you oh learn it's like being a sommelier. What is that? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> a, a wine connoisseur. Oh, yes. The, the wine has one. notes of orange and peach with a I, deep oak uh, intensity. That, right? I love it's it. Like... I love it. That's exactly right. <laughs> and and if you learn those keynotes, especially for like the top 19 remedies, which are the ones I teach in my curriculum, you're going to fly. You're going to avoid a lot of superfluous medications that you don't need. We have overcome so much. So obviously, like my chronic illness got better, but we've had sinus infections, impetigo, cut my hand on, we live on a homestead, cut my hand on manure poopy metal with a red line going down my arm. And I was like, okay, if I'm not better by morning, I'm going to the doctor. Obviously, like I'm not stupid, right? But by morning, guess what was gone? The infection, the line was gone, okay. my hand was hurting beautiful remedy that helps us avoid these these things so i like i like that you just said uh i'm going to the doctor in the morning because i'm not stupid um obviously the idea is give the remedy time enough and you determine the time but when you have an emergent condition if you if your leg gets cut off yes. homeopathy is not going to address that no if but your arm across the street yeah, right. go to the hospital. <laughs> but if modern if modern medicine can address it, then obviously you'll go to modern medicine. The question is, how fast do you need it addressed, and how um, and how well? Uh, because everything has consequences, so there are side effects. You know, uh, there there will be side effects even going to a hospital. Good Lord, you know they they saved my husband's life, but they also did some very bad things through just mistakes and and poor medicine you know so so the, it's not that that medicine is the is the cure all it's not the drugs often carry terrible side effects and in fact they put him on a ton of drugs after when he was in recovery um they they gave him antidepressants they gave him blood thinners and they gave him all kinds of different things and 
Um, I remember he was on he was on one thing. I think it was called Buse Bar, which apparently is pretty common antidepressant or something. They just they're like, well, you're you 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 had three strokes, so we'll give you the antidepressant because that'll cheer you up or whatever. And it's true, he was pretty depressed, but it wasn't like a clinical depression. Um, he got every single side effect of that stupid drug and none of the recommendations, it didn't cure anything for him. So he called, he, so he called his doctor. He said, can I go off of this? The doctor said, yeah, if it's not helping you just go off it. So he went off it and it got worse. So he called the doctor back and he said, could it make me worse going off of it? The doctor said, no, there's no withdrawal symptoms from that drug. And I said, you don't call the doctor about a pharmaceutical, you call a pharmacy person. So he called the, the pharmacist and we asked the pharmacist, are there withdrawal effects, side effects? Like, do you have withdrawal from this drug? And the pharmacist said, absolutely, what, what's going on? And we told him, he said, yeah, that'll last a couple of days and then you'll be fine. So I'm just saying, like, don't just take the first person's word for everything. You have to do your own research. And part of part of the reason that you and I are talking today is I decided to do my own research. I wanted to chat with you. And I'm hoping that people get something out of this conversation because you are offering uh, opportunity opportunities for people to learn. So I and I want to drill down on that. You have a curriculum because honestly, like I'm ready to go buy the biggest kit that you sell. I assume you sell the kits. I'm not even sure, but I, I like actually you. don't. I mostly focus on education, but I am going to be launching a little starter kit pretty soon here. But I will give you and your followers great resources for a lot of great, great kits out there. Fantastic. So um, and then I want to talk to you about your farm, but but okay, so I'm ready to just go buy the biggest kit. Like that makes sense, but I still don't know how to do it. Right. Okay. So so there's so much that you said there that was just so spot on. My son is 15 year 15 years old right now, and I'm teaching him how to drive. And of course, I'm teaching him how to drive defensively, right? Because he needs to be safe on the road. That is what my curriculum does, is it teaches you how to navigate your health defensively in a world where there is this onslaught. Your husband. Um, the drug that he took, we teach in my curriculum this concept of the number needed to treat. Okay, what does that even mean? It's it's fascinating. This is this has nothing to do with homeopathy, but my curriculum is about health and homeopathy. Learning to ask good questions. The number needed to treat is if you have a drug the doctor prescribes to you, and the number to treat is one. That means one person takes the drug, and one person will be helped by that drug. The lower the number, the better. But if you look at the number needed to treat, for example, my dad was put on a statin drug. We looked it up. It was something like 68, 90. That means 90 people have to take the drug before one person is helped. But then we looked at the rate of the side effects. And I said, dad, you have a higher chance of developing side effects for this drug before you're ever going to be helped by it. And my dad was like, well, that doesn't sound great. <laughs> where do you, wait, where do you find this number to treat? What is, I mean, where is, is that like some, a statistic or? Yeah, most drugs have them. And you just like, for me, I just Google the drug name and I search NNT or I'll type out number needed to treat and I'll dig and I'll dig and I'll dig until I find it. Do you think pharmaceutical companies want this number to be easily found? No, but it, it is often there for a lot of these drugs. So that's a good example of driving defensively. You go to the doctor 
and you learn to ask questions. That's a whole nother lesson in my curriculum. And actually your listeners might want to just download the three free lessons because one of the lessons they'll get is learning to ask questions. And that's asking questions about why do I need this drug? Could two things be happening at once? What is the number needed to treat? They learn to formulate questions because that puts you in a position of power. I I remember as a young mom, and maybe, maybe you can't relate to this because you seem pretty confident, but when I was a young mom and I went to the doctor, I felt like I couldn't ask questions and I had to do everything that they told me to do. And that's not driving defensively. That's being very vulnerable to whatever they want. And so I learned pretty quickly, thanks to my my own health struggles, and um, and I took the driver's seat there. And so that's really what we're trying to pass on to these kids is what did I have in my mind when I sat in front of that doctor and they said, you should take this drug that might make your hair fall out? What, what triggered in my brain to say, hang on a second? And do you know what happened? I said to my doctor, I'm sorry, with all due respect, this is crazy. I can't do any of these. She put her hand on the table next to mine and she said, then you'll do it right. Go out and find a cure. Wow. What? The doctor said that? Yes. She said that. It's like, it's like she like put her doctor and I'm like, wait a second. What is it about your system of medicine, your profession that makes you feel like you should recommend these drugs to you? And clearly you don't think I should take them. You'll do it right. You'll go out and find a cure. What? kind of method is this that she felt she had to give me one thing that clearly she didn't like okay hold on i have to ask because this is that's just crazy was she like pulling your leg like was she not sincere was she just was she a really kind woman who the 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 pharmaceutical industry had bought what what would possess her that makes she was a very kind woman and I'd work, her husband delivered a bunch of my, you know, two of my babies. And there was this kind of like, you know, long-term relationship between the, the couple. I think she felt comfortable opening up to me like that. Wow. Wow. It's amazing when you, when you get to peek a little bit behind the curtain. Okay. I have to, I have to talk to you about something because you say you're teaching your son to drive defensively. Boy. And and that that is in a sense, sort of you take the wheel when you're handling your medical condition, right? So you equated driving defensively with driving offensively is what I call that. Mm-hmm. And I know we don't like the word offensive right? because it's offensive. But in fact, when you said you're teaching your son, you know, we should all teach our children to drive defensively. And I immediately in my head, I went, Nope, I taught my children to drive deep, uh, sort of offensively. Wait, did I say that right? To drive defensively, we shouldn't. Teach them to drive offensively. They need to control the road as much as they can. And in that way- I probably am not good good enough at sports, but offensive is like when you are running your play, you're in charge, right? Is that what I ran track? Basically, (laughs) that's what I'm tracking. But what you meant with drive defensively is actually drive offensive. Like, like it's just, it's a, it's a language thing. It's a rhetoric thing. Um, But it's so fascinating because then when you explained that you felt so, you felt defensive, okay. In the doctor's office, when the doctor said you have to do this and you didn't take over, you said, oh, I I guess I should be doing that for my kids. Right. But when it was your health at stake and you were like, wait, I, like personally, like, I can't do that. Yeah. Then you took the offensive and you said, okay, I need to take the lead on this because these people aren't leading correctly. 
And that's, you know, we, we, we want to empower our children to take the lead. That's what we want. We want to create leaders because we're going to need them. Uh, we want, we want to empower our children to be leaders. So we, we should teach them to be offensive or be on the offense is what I'm trying to say, not to be offensive. Although my kids sometimes can be offensive. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We want to teach them to take the offense and what you're doing with your, with your class is you're training parents in how to take the lead. We, We can get away from offensive, defensive, take the lead. Right. Yeah, be in charge. And, and it's, it's your, your show. And to mm-hmm. that end, I'll tell you a quick story. When I was, because you you accused me of of being, you know, large and in charge or whatever, and being confident. <laughs> it um, was a good thing. <laughs> when I, I know, I know, and I'll take it. But when I was pregnant with my with my firstborn, uh, uh, I needed to get an amniocentesis because they told me I had to go get an amnio, and I thought that it was like oh, the insurance company insists on the amnio. And if I don't get an amnio, I won't have, I don't know what I, what my hormone brain was telling me, but I was convinced that I had to go get the amnio. And it was the most, one of the most traumatic days of my life, uh, sitting in the waiting room. My poor husband was there with me and I was just sobbing. I was literally, they made me sign a form saying that I could miscarry, that there are all these side effects, da, da, da. And I I take forms very seriously when I put my signature on something, it's, it does something to me internally. Like I, like I was beside myself. And um, when my second one came around and the doctor said, okay, we've got you scheduled for your amnio. I took the lead and I called the doctor and I said, so tell me, why do I need the amnio? And he said, well, it will tell you about birth defects. Now, mind you, I'd had a couple of people tell me that they'd gotten negative results or, you know, bad results and they kept the baby and the baby was just fine. So I was armed with a little bit more information about how reliable amniocentesis are. Mm-hmm. Um, and the doctor said, uh, you, you know, to, to find out about birth defects, I said, okay, and then what? And he said, well, basically, you know, you decide if you wanna terminate the pregnancy. And I said to him, but I, but I won't terminate the pregnancy. And he said, oh, bless his heart. He said, but then there's no reason to do the test if you're not gonna act on the results. And I was like, it was like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. So, you know, you gotta find those people who will simply speak truth. Because he could yeah. he could have said the other thing. He could have said, yeah, no, it does, that doesn't matter. You, you still wanna know, like, because then you can prepare, whatever, I don't know what. Um, so it's it's important that especially with our health that we do get in the driver's seat and I think that part of it is we feel so insecure because we've ren- we've been rendered insecure by our own schooling. We've been taught doctors have all the answers. They're virtually god these days. And so you yeah. just trust the doctor and then you don't have to think. And by the way, you shouldn't be thinking anyway. Stop thinking. That's the message in our schools. That's exactly right. And I have to say, fear is such a, at the core of this. I have seen so many mothers rush to the doctor's office, not because their child was deathly sick. Because again, in my curriculum, we teach, you know, drugs like antibiotics and steroids, they're reserved for life-saving heroic circumstances. There is a time and a place for them. That's an important thing to learn. However, I've seen so many mothers rush to the doctor's office over something that, you know, like, like looked worse or felt worse, but it was just fear. And I tell people this all the time. If you choose to take an antibiotic based out of fear, 
it is the wrong choice no matter what. The right choice might be to actually take the antibiotic, but if you do it through fear, that's not right. You need to make the decision because you're coming from a place of this is the right choice for this situation and I feel good about that. Not because I'm terrified and I'm scared, I'm in a panic because that's where we make our worst decisions. And I think that is the goal of my curriculum is to teach children and families really. It's, it's a family learning curriculum. So basically you have one teacher's manual, one storybook. It's this literature-based curriculum. Okay. Sorry, I'm gonna, we're just going to pause because I need to take a break. And then we're going to come back and talk about the curriculum and all the rest. I love uh, your comments on fear. So we're going to drill into that just a little bit more. So stay tuned. Hi there. Have you been looking for a science curriculum? With a Christian worldview, well, look no further than Light Lab. I've known Suzanne O'Shara since I created the movie, Let There Be Light. And this is a science curriculum with lessons for kids to explore the nature of light and Jesus Christ, the light of the world. It's a book for kids between ages 8 and 12. It consists of 12 lessons on the nature of light with hands-on activities that are simple and engaging. The Bible studies revolve around God as the creator, his plan for mankind through Christ, and the importance of knowing his word and the Holy Spirit's role in the lives of Christians. So check it out today, Light Lab. Just click on the link, and if you enter SAM10, you'll get 10% off your purchase. So check it out now for your discount and enjoy. All right, welcome back with uh, the Sam Sorbo Show and Paula Brown. You can find her at paulabrown.com and she has a course for your children and for you on homeopathy, which is basically the new way to talk about medicine and health. And I really urge you to, to dive into this. It's fa- Not only is it fascinating, but it, it may end up helping you a lot in the long run. Um, drugs are not without their side effects and uh, homeopathy actually um, empowers the body to heal itself, basically, is is what I've learned today. So we're going to talk about the curriculum. But before we do, Paula, you, you talked about fear. And I want to say fear, we need to get our fear under control, because fear pre- prevents learning, anxiety shuts the brain down. And we stop thinking, and we either become just uh, 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 paralyzed, or we go to whatever our rote sort of functions are that we would do almost automatically, but we, we disengage from thought and that's very dangerous. And so you were saying, you know, if you take anything out of fear, it's the wrong decision. That's exactly right. You know, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I'm a person of faith and I feel so strongly that fear is the opposite of faith. If you, let's say, you know, I actually had this terrible experience once where I was in London and I was walking down the street and I was feeling confident. I was in peace. I was doing well. And suddenly I had a very strong, uneasy feeling, fearful feeling. And I realized I was being trailed by someone and I was able to get out of that situation. It was scary, but I got out of that situation. And if we are constantly walking in fear, how will you know when you're actually in danger? You need, to, you need to be in peace. You need to be centered for God to be like, there's a shift. There is something wrong. And if we don't like, if we don't find our center and walk in that confidence, in that faith, fear is useful sometimes. But if you're always, if your kid gets a fever and you're always panicking about that every single time, you're not thinking straight and you're not actually be able, able to see fact from fiction. And, and I think, I think that is such an important thing to overcome as a young mother 
Um, and, and homeopathy actually really helps you do that. And this is how, when your kid is sick, it gives you something to do. You're looking at their symptoms and you're connecting with them and you're paying attention. And the more you connect with their symptoms, you're like, okay, you know what? He does have a fever and it's kind of high, but he's sleeping, he's hydrated, he's resting. And, you know, I gave him this remedy and let's say before he wasn't sleeping, let's say before he was just upset and grumpy and crying, but after you give the remedy, now they're sleeping peacefully and they're really kind of in, in a good state. And you start learning to trust your body and you start learning to trust its natural process. Homeopathy really empowers you to really connect with the disease process that is natural in us and to overcome those, those and, and then you gain confidence. Every little win, you gain a little bit more confidence and you learn to not live in that state of fear. And who teaches us that fear? I think it's the pharmaceutical industry. I think it's it's the world we live in today. You know, when that recent little virus thing went around, you know, the whole world recently, um, I remember being a little concerned at first, but I was talking to all my homeopath practitioners who treat people and help people, you know, with more serious things. And and they were like, we're, we're doing just fine with this. We, we're able to help people just fine with... Um, with whatever virus is coming their way. And I just know, you know what, my body can work. My body will be fine. I don't have all these, you know, I don't eat bad. I'm not obese. I don't have all these other, you know, factors. And I was not afraid. I, it was amazing watching the whole world light themselves on fire. And my little family and other families like me were just like, kumbaya, everything's fine. We're going to be okay. Well, you got to move to Florida because Florida was pretty much kumbaya the whole time. <laughs> I love it. I was actually living in Europe at the time in, in Hungary. We were living in, in Budapest and that was really fascinating too, to see that. Okay. We're running out of time and I want you to talk, just talk briefly about the curriculum. What is it that people are going to get and learn? And then I want to talk to you about your farm. Okay. So basically it's a one room schoolhouse curriculum and it allows you to teach the whole family at the same time. There's no point in just mom knowing it because if your kids only learn this while they're under your roof, you know, like watching you do things and only mom knows that information, they're going to leave the house and, and you don't know what they're going to do with their bodies. This, the goal is generations of health. You've heard that for wealth, right? But this is generations of health. So you read out of one teacher's manual, one storybook. And what I did is I have three workbooks that are adapted by age. They all get the same assignments. So you can gather all of your little chicks, sit them all down, do the same lesson, but they're all doing it, you know, age appropriate. And, um, yeah, it's wonderful. Go to my website, palabrown.com forward slash free. You're going to get three entire free lessons that are so much fun. Um, you'll get a read from the storybook. You'll get the assignments, all of the adapted um, levels. And and I really just want you guys, you to see your family being transformed, having that confidence. They're going to learn 19 different remedies. They're going to know all those keynotes, those remedies. And um, my goal for you is to have that generational health for your family. That's just amazing. Now you guys live on a farm, but I saw that you gave up the farm for two years. You rented it out and you went traveling to Hungary. Yeah. My husband's work sent us away for, for two years. So we did that, but we are back now and, you know, busy. We got our cow bread. We're going to start milking her soon. We have our chickens. We have our garden. Um, yeah, it's really great. We are, we are um, wanting to get a larger property. So we're really working on that right now. So. Cause I, did I read you're on a single acre? No, we, we were on about five acres and now we're in the process of, of getting 18. So we're very we're cool. Yeah. It's Where really is great. that? What state are you in? 
I'm actually in Texas right now. Mm -hmm. Okay, very good. Uh, I'm just a little jelly. I've been working on getting chickens and uh, it's not going well. <laughs> They're super easy at once. Well, yeah, at first. Yeah, they a little too easy for the predators. Oh, and delicious, apparently. So, so struggling, fresh. struggling a little bit there. We'll we'll get it sorted out. But I've got pretty nasty predators in my area, and they do love the taste of chicken. So yeah, yeah. In Texas, one day I went to the barn and I saw a huge rat snake with my with chicken feet sticking out of its mouth. So I feel you with the predators. <laughs> yes, exactly. And they're stealthy, and they know how to hunt, right? Yeah. Better, maybe better than we do anymore. So. Um, well, very cool. So people can go to paulabrown.com and the, it'll be in the comments, uh, the correct spelling and everything. And you do have, you do have that three lesson download. How long does it take to do the whole curriculum for a family? Well, the way that I set it up is because, you know, this is, this isn't like math. You should be doing, you know, pretty many times a week, writing those things. So you just do one lesson a week and you'll get it done in a school year. And if you want to do it a little faster, you can do two lessons a week and get it done in a semester. So I did it, you know, very flexible. There's a lot of awesome videos that come with that science projects. Um, I have an audio book. If, reading aloud is exhausting. I'm a, I am I love listening to books in the car with the kids. So we, I made it as simple as possible for you to just jump in and go. Well, it's, it's amazing. You need to come out with your little kit so that people can buy your little kit, but yes. uh, yeah, go to, go to Palo Brown. Actually, we're going to do a promo code. That'll be in the, in the notes, in the show notes too. And uh, great. Thank you so much for coming on the Sam Sorbo show. It's been really a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for having me. All right. This is the Sam Sorbo Show. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time.